Vegan Manly Man Podcast. What is good, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Vegan Manly Man Podcast, where vegans aren't weird. We are just from the future. That is a fact. My name is Jake Singer, and I am your host, and this is the show where we talk about self-growth, plant-based living, and sharing the message of love, compassion, and peace for all beings. How are you guys doing today? Welcome to the show. I don't know why it feels like I haven't done an episode in so long. I literally just did one last week, but for whatever reason, maybe it's because I haven't had a proper guest on in the last few episodes. So um, you guys are due for one of those. But in order for that to happen, I really, really, really need your help. If you have ever enjoyed an episode, any of my content, please leave me a rating and review on iTunes. It really does help the show grow and it's going to allow me to get more listens and in turn will allow me to bring on, you know, even greater guests, more people that you want to hear. So if you want to see the show grow, if you want to help share that message of love, compassion, and peace as far as it can go, please drop a rating and review on iTunes for the show. It would mean the world to me. Uh, Thank you from the bottom of my heart. I would be so humbled if you did that. Um, I do go through and I look at every single writing and review and I read it. I read every single message that you guys send to me. So it's appreciated. I will see it. Um, And yeah, if, if you enjoy the show, just think of it as like a little fee. You know, I do this for free. Actually, I pay money. I pay money to host this podcast. And not only that, but I put a lot of time and effort into it. So um, if you think that's a fair trade off, uh, is you leaving me a rating and review, taking just two minutes out of your day to help me out on that. I would appreciate it so much. All right, guys, um, into the episode today. I'm super, super, super excited to share this with you guys. It's something I've been working on for a couple months now with some amazing people, and it may just inspire you to change your life and start taking the steps necessary to live the absolute best possible life that you can live. So, I know it's not Tuesday, but we are transforming harder than Shia LaBeouf and Megan Fox. And if you got that joke, I appreciate you so much. (laughs) All right, guys. Um, So, this is going to be the first part of my vegan transformation series. And it's going to dive into the lives of Ashley, Devin, and Athena. Three women who have dealt with everything from a tough family upbringing, weighing 446 pounds, having extreme issues with infertility and miscarriages, being diagnosed with a brain tumor, being an alcoholic, depression, and just about every hardship you can imagine, only to transform their lives through a vegan lifestyle to health and happiness. So, If you want to see these incredible transformations with your own eyes, head to my website, www.theveganmanlyman.com slash vegan transformations and check out Ashley, Devin, and Athena's before and after pictures. You guys are going to be amazed. Um, And if somebody you know has an incredible transformation that you believe should be featured here on the show, send me an email at jake at theveganmanlyman.com. I'd love to have a chat, see if we can get you featured on a future episode. So without further ado, guys, I'm going to let you dive into the stories of Ashley, Devin, and Athena. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I hope you're inspired. Go out, transform your lives, keep living that vegan lifestyle, keep being a good advocate, and if you're on the fence or curious, maybe this will uh, help tip you on the scale. So enjoy the episode, guys. I will see you on the other side. (laughs) 
Ashley, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here, for being willing to share your story and your insight with the listeners. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. This is such an honor. I've been following you for so long on Instagram. So this is like seriously such an honor <laughs> just to talk with you. I'm excited to talk with you. Yeah, definitely. Same here. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So you have a pretty amazing story. I mean, I was just kind of reading over your notes before the show here and just even just looking at your before and after pictures, it's it's incredible the transformation that you've gone through. And, oh, thanks, you know, man. Yeah, definitely. And, and that's why I wanted to do this episode is just to highlight, you know, people who have gone through these amazing transformations, um, you know, in regards to the vegan lifestyle and show people like, hey, like this really can change your life. Yeah, absolutely. I, I kind of want to dive right into it, but I feel like, you know, maybe skip all the small talk. I was going to maybe ask, like, have you been to any good vegan restaurants lately? Oh my gosh. Yeah, actually. So I, I live in Toledo, Ohio, and we're, we're a pretty small city, but after traveling around quite a bit, we are really spoiled here. There, are, there actually aren't any vegan specific restaurants here yet, but, um, the city has really, um, just captured onto the fact that the vegan movement is growing. And so most restaurants, maybe not all, um, chain restaurants, but most local restaurants offer at least one or two things. And it's not just like, a side salad. It's something substantial. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it's really cool because just in the time that I've been vegan, I've already gotten to see things grow a ton in my city, which is awesome. Yeah, that's incredible. What year did you go vegan? Um, I went vegan about a year and a half ago. Okay. So it's relatively fresh. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you're seeing the the growth now is over the past few years has just been exponential. Like when I started, I, I say this all the time on the show is like, we had like Boca burgers and like day of cheese and like, that was it. So <laughs> that's what I, that's what I heard. I heard it was, um, re actually really hard to not eat very healthy years ago because there just, yeah. there just wasn't a lot of, uh, options, but now, um, it's actually really hard or really easy to be an unhealthy vegan. If, if you don't try just because there are so many options now. Yeah, 100%. It, <laughs> there's like a meme floating around. I forget exactly what it says, but it's like, you know, vegans in, in 2014, like, oh, I guess I have no choice but to eat healthy. And then it's like <laughs> vegans in 2019. It's like, oh, where do you want to go? Do you want to get Ben and Jerry's? Do you want to go to Burger King and Impossible Whopper? Yep, like, you know. That's so true. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> well, let's dive into your story here. So okay. you have an amazing story and, and, Let's just start from the beginning. Talk about sure. your life growing up. Talk about what led you down the path to be at a point in your life where you realized you had to make a change. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I grew up in a pretty religious home and um, just very, very strict upbringing. Um, and my mom has multiple sclerosis. She got diagnosed with it when I was 10. And so uh, we, we watched her deal with a lot of health issues and um, I, I got really depressed. We, we went through some uh, family issues and my mom's health took a turn and um, she, she just wasn't a, a very supportive person, kind of verbally abusive and um, emotionally abusive. So I was missing out on that support at home. And um, I watched both of my parents yo-yo diet for uh, pretty much my entire life. So I, I didn't really have good eating habits modeled for me. And so about halfway through high school, I got pretty depressed and I was an athlete in, in junior high and about halfway through high school. And then I just started putting on weight. I was um, staying up late and just eating a lot of junk food and basically just trying to self-soothe with food. And um, so that just became a pattern for me. 
And then um, I, I was struggling with my sexuality in high school, but didn't really have the words for it and um, didn't really understand what was going on because growing up in such a conservative Christian home, the idea of being gay wasn't even an option. So I was repressing a lot and then got out of high school, um, went away for college, was not ready to be there, uh, came back and um, just had a really toxic relationship with my mother, uh, moved out and um, experienced some trauma when I moved out of my house and um, the, the bad eating habits just kept continuing to, to spiral. And then um, I met my wonderful wife in my early 20s, and I had made uh, an attempt to lose weight, but it was a really unhealthy way. I was um, overworking out, was counting calories and being extremely restrictive. So I did lose a decent amount, but I put it right back on. And um, I just continued to get more and more depressed and um, had very, very severe anxiety, um, I was having multiple panic attacks a week and uh, being a musician, I, I gig out professionally on a regular basis. It's very socially acceptable to drink very large amounts. And so I began to cope with the anxiety with drinking, um, which I later learned that that was actually making things a, a whole lot worse. Um, so it, even through all of this and, and all of the struggle I was experiencing, I, like I said, I have a wonderful wife. She's, she's very supportive. She's um, it was supportive of me even when I was going through a really difficult time. And um, a, a, about three or four years ago, I think I just hit this point where I was so tired of just being so miserable and just feeling so terrible. Um, at, at that point, I, I had hit about 446 pounds and I'm only five foot three, so I'm very short. So that was a lot of weight. It had gotten to the point where um, even just standing for more than a few minutes, my legs would start to shake and my lower back would seize up. And um, my my panic attacks head up like crazy. I was seeing a therapist and they just kept adding more and more medication on. So I was maxed out on all this medication, um, just popping Xanax like candy, um, binge drinking several nights a week, uh, started doing that just at gigs. And then I started drinking at home. And um, I was just eating a ton of junk food. After gigs, we would go and we, we would grab junk food. And I was just eating huge portions and eating the standard American diet. So I, I didn't have any serious health problems creep up like diabetes or anything, but I was just tempting fate, waiting for those things to happen. Right. And so um, around my birthday in 2016, a, a switch just flipped. I think I was so exhausted of just feeling terrible all the time. And so I started to just make some dietary changes, not, not um, switching to plant-based or anything, but I did things like cutting out sugar pop. I was drinking just gallons of soda every day, sugar soda. Wow. Yeah. And, um, multiple trips through fast food every day. So I just started, um, making small changes, but my mental health wasn't getting any better. And, um, I was in a therapy session one day and I just happened to mention to the therapist, the amount that I was drinking. And, um, it, it, I really didn't think that it was a big deal, but she just kind of looked at me and, and said, um, you do realize that that's not normal. And I didn't realize that. So she had me track my drinking for a couple of weeks. And, um, when I looked at the paper at the end of the two weeks, it was kind of like this wake up call that, um, there, there really was something seriously wrong. So, um, that therapist pointed me in the direction of this amazing recovery program called Racing for Recovery because she thought that um, just based on knowing me, because I had been working with her for uh, about a year and a half, that I wouldn't do well in AA. She just didn't think that that would be a good program for me. And so she pointed me in the direction of this program. And what makes this program different is um, rather than just trying to get you to quit 
using whatever it is that you're using. They want to get to the bottom of why you started using in the first place. Right. And, and they like to treat addiction with a holistic approach. So not just quitting drinking and sitting at home and being miserable, but they encourage you to start making exercise a part of your daily life and to yeah. tweak your nutrition and to really dig into your trauma and figure out um, why you started using in the first place. And so I started doing one-on-one -on -one counseling with the guy who runs the place instead of meeting with my therapist still. And he's a vegan. And um, I knew this. He's an, he's an Ironman athlete. He um, found Ironman and that's how he ended up starting the organization. And he, I knew he was very passionate about veganism and animal rights, but he wasn't pushy at all. And he never uh, brought it up in our sessions or anything, but I knew he was, and I was curious about veganism. Yeah. So I started asking him a lot of questions and he pointed me in the direction of some amazing resources like What the Health and How Not to Die. And um, he answered my questions, but he also knew that I needed to see things for myself. And um, so I started looking into those things, and um, that's where things started to change. So going back to when you had just kind of had this like epiphany of yeah. change, was that like, was that your rock bottom? I mean, like, had you ever felt more low than that place in your in your life because I feel like a lot of yeah. times when people come to make like a big change like that or yeah. they kind of have this just like all of a sudden like wake up call it's because they're so tired of suffering it's like right. it's like the the pain of like going another day living the life that you are is just way greater than whatever pain will come with trying to make the change to get better yeah man I think um Part of it is that I have a really big family history of alcoholism. Uh, back in 2017, my uncle died of uh, liver failure due to years of alcohol and drug abuse. And I wasn't to the point yet where I had um, hurt anyone, like gotten a DUI or anything like that. But um, I, I just didn't see things going in a good direction. It was going to get to the point where I was going to end up killing someone in a car accident or um, I was going to end up like my uncle and end up end up dying. There just wasn't there wasn't anything good that was going to come of me continuing to drink. And I, I knew myself and I knew I'm a very all or nothing person. And so the few times that I would say, you know, I'm going to have like two drinks tonight that that would go out the window within the first hour. So it, yeah. it was either change or eventually I was going to end up dead. And I had, I never tried to commit suicide, but I very much was thinking about it actively and was just so miserable, man. Like I just, I think I was so tired of being miserable and feeling physically horrible and just emotionally terrible. And, um, I knew that I was hurting myself, but also I knew at, you know, being married, like I'm, I wasn't, I wasn't being a, a good wife for, for my spouse. Yeah. So was it, was it then that your alcohol consumption that, that triggered this, like, Hey, I need to change or, or was it your weight? Because you said you started to change your diet at first yeah. and then like later came the, the like realization like oh i'm drinking too much yeah so it was like a year and a half before i quit drinking that i made this slow attempt to lose weight and like like i told you um in my notes i wasn't working out or anything it was literally just nutritional changes and and i i did lose a, a bit of weight um and so um when i when i quit drinking it had been like a year and a half later and i think when i quit drinking i think that was the switch that flipped where I realized this, this needed to happen so long ago. And I really, I think I realized too, that my physical health really wasn't going to be able to change in the way that it fully could until I quit drinking as well. Yeah. 
So in high school, how much did you weigh when, when you were in high school? Because you said you were, yeah. you were an athlete. Yeah, when I was in high school, I, I played um, softball and soccer. And um, I was always very solid, very muscular. And I was about 145 or 150. And I was strong and very healthy. Um, and then it just started to climb. By the time I, I finished high school, I was a little over 200 pounds. Wow. And then what did that escalate to um, by the time you you made the, the switch yeah. to start eating more healthy? Um, I, I weighed the day that I decided I was going to I was needed to make a change. I weighed myself and I had gotten up to 446 pounds. Wow. Yeah. And that was just accumulation of just like eating all the junk food and the drinking and, yeah. and not dealing with with the problems maybe you know Absolutely. from your youth of having to deal with you know your your mother's sickness and yeah. just kind of everything just compiling on top of each other. Yeah, absolutely, man. It, it definitely was a combination of all those things. And because I was so depressed, um, I was literally just sitting at home watching Netflix all day long. That was all I was doing. I wasn't I wasn't active. Um, when when I was out, I was out drinking or playing a gig. And so um, that when I was at home, that that's all I would do. I would just watch hours and hours of Netflix. And my friends had no idea how unhappy I was because I'm a very positive person and very upbeat. And I, um, I didn't like to let people know that I wasn't doing okay. So I always had a smile on my face. So my friends had no idea that I was struggling in the way that I was struggling. Yeah, definitely. So you go and, and you're, you know, up to over 400 pounds and then you decide to make this switch. Uh, you, by the time you get to the, to the kind of the, the rehab center or yeah. um, the re, I forget exactly what you called it, the yeah, wellness a, center. What, what was um, it? Yeah. It's a recovery program. They do have okay. an inpatient program, but I was uh, participating in the outpatient program. So I was um, going to their weekly meetings and participating in one-on-one counseling sessions. Okay. So the time that you get here, yeah. uh, over a year has passed. How much weight did you lose in that time? Um, in that time, I, by the time I went vegan, I had lost about 120 pounds. Wow. Yeah. So it was very, very slow, very gradual, but I, I was able to keep it off because I made those small little changes and I didn't go back to doing those things yeah. that, that, um, were, were causing me issues before. So I had lost 120 pounds, but I still wasn't fully living and wasn't fully thriving. Yeah. And, and you could definitely say that that was, uh, stemmed from like your, your mental place. So you lost the weight, but mentally you're still the same. I was, I was still so broken mentally. And even, uh, even now at this point in my sobriety, um, there's, when you deal with trauma, when you deal with years and years of telling yourself that you're not good enough and not believing that you're worth it. Um, even, even as you make these positive changes, there's always work to do, which, which is really good. Like I'm, I'm so excited to do the work, but, um, it's nothing is an instant fix overnight and that's okay because it, it makes the journey so worth it yeah I think that's the hard part is is you know it's like showing up every day even when yeah. you don't want to it's easy to do something when you're motivated of yes. course yeah but it's on the days when you don't want to do you know I just went through this <laughs> you saw my story yeah. on yeah, Instagram. Man. <laughs> it's like you know you have these days and and even somebody like myself who's been working on mental health for I don't know the past five years yeah. you know daily it's like I still have these days too and and you just have to keep pushing on. And I think that's what scares people is like seeing like just looking up at the top of the mountain and just realizing like, how the hell am I supposed to get up there? Yeah, um, absolutely. But yeah, it totally is in the journey. And I mean, I just I have so much appreciation for for people such as yourself who oh, have thanks, such a transformation to go through because, you know, I've been through my own, but not to the point of, you know, like losing 
you've lost what lost, over 200 pounds yeah now? a little over 200 pounds now wow. yeah so talk about the so you switch to vegan yeah all right? yeah and, and and what happens then just talk about your journey yeah yeah absolutely so after um the the guy that runs the program his name is todd crandall after he answered all of my questions and pointed me in the direction of of all these awesome resources um the first thing that i did was i watched what the health and um i am someone who uh when it comes to health and nutrition uh, logic appeals to me a lot and uh, my mind was absolutely blown by that documentary so the literally the moment i finished that documentary i decided i was done with meat and so um, then a week later, I immediately cut out everything and went plant-based and um, started watching videos on Mercy for Animals, which are extremely hard to watch, but that yeah. just reinforced, because I always, it's so ironic, you know, in participating in animal agriculture, I still considered myself an animal lover. Um, and I think my, I, because I just didn't know what was really happening. I didn't, I didn't realize fully what I was participating in. So watching mercy for animals in combination with what the health, and then I'm um, looking at, at Dr. Greger's book, um, how not to die. It was kind of like this beautiful marriage that just led me to the realization. You can't, you can't participate in this anymore. And then realizing yeah. that until I made that full plant-based switch, um, it, my health really wasn't going to be what it could be. And I wasn't doing everything that I could for um, my body, but I did not anticipate the mental health changes that came with it. Yeah. Talk about those. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, almost immediately I noticed, um, improvements in my, my mental health, especially with my anxiety. Uh, I had a major reduction in anxiety. Like I said, um, prior to going vegan, I was having multiple panic attacks weekly and, um, with, with switching to a vegan diet, those panic attacks stopped immediately. I stopped having them instantly, which I think speaks so much to our gut brain connection. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I know we hear that a lot, but I think especially for me experiencing that it was such a confirmation that that's accurate. Um, so with the positive change in my mental health and the fact that I wasn't having panic attacks, I started to talk to my doctor and under their supervision. And I make sure to tell people this, that, that I didn't just quit my medication suddenly because, um, right. especially one of the medications I was on, it has some pretty gnarly side effects. Like you can, you can actually die if you stop it suddenly. So under the wow. supervision of my doctor, I, over the course of a few months, I was able to completely wean off of all my medications and, um, then on top of that, the weight just started to come off at a much faster rate. And um, I, I realized that I needed to make exercise a part of, of my routine. And um, that also, I didn't realize the mental health benefits that was going to have even beyond the physical. I, um, Todd, the, the guy who runs the Racing for Recovery, recommended to me to try doing my workouts in the morning. And I didn't really understand it until I started it. And um, I discovered that it literally changed the course of my day. It, I kind of like to joke that it's like my natural Xanax because yeah. it calms my brain down. And I feel like any issues that I encounter during the day that would normally really throw me, I feel like even though things are still difficult, I'm able to come at them from a, a much more place of, of calm. Yeah, no, one, 100%. I mean, I, a few years ago when I was 23 years old, I was, I was very severely depressed and, you know, I went to a therapist and, and I was, you know, he was going to prescribe me, you know, antidepressants. And at that point, I, I really didn't want to take them because sure. I was already vegan at the time. I was already health conscious. And 
even though like I was like drinking every night and smoking cigarettes, yeah. like I still like knew like what was like ideally what I should be doing. So sure. I was like, you know, look, I don't want to take these, uh, you know, my redeeming like, I guess quality that I did during that time was that I worked out probably six days a week. Wow. Okay. Um, you know, I worked out and, and I watched, I watched Netflix and, um, and I drank and, um, I, I firmly believe that like going to the gym those six days a week was my anti like uh, uh, depression medicine because without that I it probably would have been way worse and I feel like more drastic measures there is such a chemical reaction that takes place in your brain when you exercise and you know you release endorphins and and not only that but like you build self-confidence and it helps Absolutely. you to get up every day and just know like, okay, like I can do this. I can move forward, you know, whatever it is, even if it's the smallest thing. So when you're going through depression or anything like that, like, you know, exercise is, is so amazing because it just, it gives you something that, that you're progressing in. And I think that is a, a huge factor that plays a role in overcoming depression. I totally agree with you. I actually posted a little video on my Instagram a few months back talking about how um, the amazing thing about incorporating exercise is it really is a huge self-esteem booster because especially on those days that you don't feel like getting up and you don't feel like going, when you still go anyway and you bang your workout out even though you are not into it, you leave there with this feeling of, man, I just I just kicked this workout's ass and it's just such a huge self-esteem boost. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. So after you started working out, you're, you're vegan now, you're you know, eating, eating plant-based diet. Um, that brings us, you know, to now it's been over a little over a year, you know, what has been besides the weight loss, what has been the biggest change? Um, I think the biggest change has just been in my overall mindset and how I view the world. Veganism and sobriety was just made so much sense to me to go together. They just enhance each other. Um, I think the biggest change for me is it used to be uh, prior to, to veganism and my sobriety, when I would encounter a difficult circumstance, it would crush me and I, I would just have a really hard time coming out of it. And so I think the biggest change has been my change in mindset because I now 100% believe that no matter what situation life has thrown at me and continues to throw at me, I'm able to turn it into a positive no, no matter what it is. And I'm able now to look at every circumstance as an opportunity for growth, whereas before I would look at something, uh, maybe an obstacle, as something that was just going to set me back or be a stumbling block for me. And, um, man, it's just enhanced um, so much empathy and gratitude, just empathy for um, the world around me, um, it, obviously animals, but but people too, uh, just watching other people struggle. I have so much empathy for them because I know what it's like to struggle, but I also know where you can be on the other side of things. And um, man, I'm just, I'm so humbled and grateful every day to be able to wake up and just have a chance to make the next day better than what the day was before, because that's where I'm at now in my life is um, no matter what happened happens today, tomorrow, I get an opportunity to grow from today and to just do better than I did the day before. And that's just an awesome, awesome feeling that we get. Uh, we get the opportunity every day that we wake up to just get better and better and improve our lives and improve the lives of other people around us. And that's just an awesome feeling. I couldn't have said it better. That That's awesome. Yeah, seriously. 
What um what does your day look like as far as exercise and eating? Yeah, so for me, um, a typical workout, I've actually been recovering from shoulder surgery the past few weeks, so I haven't been able to work out like I normally would, um, but that's healing really well, and I'm excited because I'm able to start getting back into my routine. So a typical week of workouts for me, one of the things that I I found a love for through um, my lifestyle changes is I found a love for running, and I never used to love running and never thought I would love running, (laughs) but um, I started really small. Uh, The guy at Racing for Recovery told me to just take a step, and that made so much sense to me, so I started building up my running, and um, I'm actually training for my first 5K this October, so yeah, so a typical week workouts for me consists of four days of running. And uh, I change that up. Sometimes I I do intervals and sometimes I just do long runs and then three days of strength training. And um, I always make sure to take one day of intentional rest to recharge. I learned the hard way the first couple of weeks getting into exercising regularly because I wanted to go so hardcore that that was really important for me. So definitely. Yeah. So I make sure to do that. And um, from from a mental health standpoint, too, every single day. I either read or listen to a podcast or something that that is uh, self growth, and so that helps me to also exercise my mental health, which is really important for me. That's awesome. What are your favorite books and podcasts? Um, my favorite books, um, The PMA Effect by John Joseph. If you want to just be inspired like crazy, that book, and then Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins, that will make you want to mm. go out and conquer the world reading both of those <laughs> books. They're yeah. they're awesome. And then um, my favorite podcast, honestly, I'm not just saying this because I'm on your podcast right now, but your podcast is one of my favorites. It's very, oh, very, very encouraging. And um, I think I told you, I, I one of the things I appreciate about you so much is you're just incredibly real and you, everything that you lay out is factual and you're not preachy on your Instagram. You're just, you're just helping to guide people and show people what's worked for you. And I respect that so much. So I, I really appreciate your podcast. Um, I'm also a huge fan of the ritual podcast and the plant proof podcast and generation V all, all four of your podcasts. Like those, those all have, have made a huge impact for me. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you so much for the kind words. It really is. Yeah, means a lot, absolutely, honestly. man. This is like I said, it's such an honor for me to get to talk to you. I respect you so much. Yeah, definitely. I I appreciate that. I'm I'm cheesing over here on the other side. That's awesome, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think you asked me about so, my meals too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, yeah, uh, yeah. What's a typical meal look like? Um, I am a huge smoothie bowl fan. So that's um that's an almost every morning thing. If I don't do that, I'll I load up some oatmeal and then um I'm a huge fan of Buddha bowls, so I do that for lunch almost every day just because you can do so many different things. And um we're a big fan of stir fry in our house, so that's definitely an every week thing. So that's a pretty typical day of meals for me. Describe what a Buddha bowl is. I think some people might not know. Sure, absolutely. Um, the easiest way to describe it is literally where you just throw a whole bunch of different things in a bowl. Um, and it can be anything, but a typical Buddha bowl for me would be um, like some quinoa or some brown rice, um, some tofu or tempeh, some um, avocado, uh, so maybe some broccoli, some carrots, and then maybe like a tahini sauce. You can you can get very creative with it, but um, I think my goal with them is to just always make them as nutrient dense as possible. And they're so delicious and you can do so much variety with them every single day. Definitely. Amazing. Ashley, what's next going forward for you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my wife and I are actually going to um, start trying to uh, start a family soon. So that's... Wow. Yeah. That, thank you. That's coming up. Um, that's That's been a huge goal. Um that was something that I never thought would be possible for me when, before I started getting healthy. And now that that's a reality, that's, um, 
that's really exciting for me to see because that's that's definitely um, visualization realized and uh, just confirmation of the hard work that I've been putting in. And um, also just continuing to step up my workout. So um, always making goals for myself. So the 5K, that's a goal right now. I'm excited about that. But but also, um, I just want to be able to reach and help as many people as I possibly can just just by showing who I am and my journey, because I, I'm totally a huge believer if, if anyone can benefit or or um, grow or learn from uh, the past struggles that I've been through or are able to be encouraged by what I'm doing, I, that's that's a humbling thing. And I'm, I'm so grateful to be able to help anyone in any way that I possibly can, both in sobriety and in veganism, because both things have absolutely changed my life 100%. Uh, well, I think you're definitely going to inspire some people with your story here. So I appreciate it so much Thanks, uh, having you come on the show and, and talk for about everything. Me. Definitely. Definitely. Um, I'm excited to be able to share this with everyone. And for those of you listening, you can see Ashley's before and after pictures and uh, read her story again uh, on the vegan slash vegan transformations. So thanks again, Ashley, and I will uh, talk with you soon because we're definitely going to stay connected. I got to see how you're doing on your journey and just keep killing it. Thanks, Jake. It's so awesome to talk to you in person. And thank you again for having me. I'm really honored. Yeah, absolutely. Take care. You too. Devin, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here and uh, coming on to share your story of your vegan transformation. You're a Pittsburgh local here. It's always nice to have someone in the area come on the show. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Awesome. Let's dive right into it here. So you have a pretty interesting story and just reading over your notes and seeing everything that you've been through, it's, it's definitely been seemingly a wild ride. So let's start from the beginning. You know, what was your life like before going vegan? All right. Well, you say start at the beginning. So we kind of have to start way, way at the beginning. Um, I've always struggled with my weight a little bit, not in a way where I would think people would look at me and say, oh, wow, you know, she's really obese or the doctor's telling me I need to slim down or anything, but just more unhealthy. I don't know any other way to describe it. When I was a teenager, as an example, I went on Weight Watchers and I lost 30 pounds. So I definitely was not ever um, super fit, super healthy. Um, eventually getting into adulthood, I put that weight back on and decided once we got married that, you know, I was going to try and stay fit and try and lose the weight and nothing seemed to work. I went back on Weight Watchers. I tried pretty much you name it diet wise. I tried it like they're is probably nothing that I haven't tried. Um, Atkins, like, oh goodness, any of the big name ones. And yeah. none of them worked. Nothing worked. I couldn't lose weight. I just would get so frustrated. I started doing like calorie counting and um, basically essentially starving myself in a way. Um, not eating disorder starving, but in a way it became an eating disorder because everything that I put in my mouth that I thought was healthy because I saw everybody else do it just wasn't working for me. Um, yeah. But the final big thing was we struggled with infertility. We thankfully have a miracle, a four-year-old little boy, and he was conceived through fertility treatments. But it was going through those treatments, I realized my body just doesn't work the same way that other people's work. Um, and 
in the midst of five, like a five year span, we actually had three miscarriages and it was after the final miscarriage, which was probably at this point about two and a half years ago, I want to say, um, I just said enough, like I'm done with my body telling me what to do. I'm so frustrated with feeling defeated constantly and going into that a little bit more in depth. I don't, is there a TMI on the show? Because if there no, is, no, no, do it. It, it. Listen, this this show is open doors, hard on your sleeve, whatever you want to say. It's okay. This is the platform to do it. So well, I feel like so many people don't talk about miscarriages. They don't talk about bodily functions and stuff. But the reality is, a lot of people think things are normal, and it's not normal. But it's not known that it's not normal because no one talks about it. So for me, I would always have like two week long periods where I literally would bleed for two weeks and then I would have maybe two weeks off, sometimes less than that. And I would start spotting before then and then go into full cycle again. So pretty much my life has always been constantly menstrual flow. It's been fantastic. (laughs) But here's the thing. I did not know that that wasn't normal until I got into fertility treatments. And with those hormones that they put me on, it made my body realize like, oh, this is what it's actually supposed to be like. And going from that to suddenly only having a four day cycle to having nothing throughout the month, I was just wanting them to keep me on it forever, which of course they're not going to keep me on those hormones forever, you know, but how how did you find out first just to interject? How did you find out that you needed the infertility or or the, excuse me, the fertility treatments? Was it just from trying and then like, you know, not being successful or did you actually like go to the doctor first? Did you think there was already something wrong? Well, we had been trying for over a year or right around, right around a year and nothing was happening. So a friend recommended a book to me called Taking Charge of Your Fertility. And I read it and the book talks to you all about charting your cycles and what's normal, what's not normal. And through reading that book, I realized I wasn't normal. And so that's when I actually made an appointment with the doctor who confirmed, like, obviously, something is not right. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Um, but it was through that book, basically, that I was able to see kind of where my issues or that I had issues in general. Um, So the first the fertility treatments did work on the first time and and that resulted in your son now? The very first time, no. Actually, nothing happened whatsoever. And the doctor said she was mystified by my situation because for me, A plus B was not equaling C. Like my issues that I had should have been able to be fixed by a certain thing, but it wasn't fixed, which somebody you're paying thousands of dollars to, that's of course what you want to hear is like, I'm mystified (laughs) by your situation, but you know. Um, So the second time it worked, we lost that baby. Um, The third time we had my son and um, but he's now four years old. He just turned four and we went through fertility treatments again after him to try and conceive. And we lost that baby at nine and a half weeks. Um, And that was the point where I just said enough is enough. I'm done. And I actually was talking to my sister-in-law about it. And she told me about some health issues where certain people just eat better and live better on a plant-based diet. And she was telling me about this genetic mutation, which I can't even pronounce the actual word. So the abbreviation is MTHFR, which Mm -hmm. 
to sum it up in layman's terms, I'm not a doctor, so I will just say, if I get anything wrong, listeners, I apologize. But from <laughs> the research that I have seen, essentially, it came back positive. And what it is, is I cannot digest animal protein the way that my body has been told I could all these years. Um, and on top of that, I can't process folic acid, which is in almost every single processed food you find, like cereals, bagels, bread, like you you name it. If it comes from a store where you can open it and it's readily accessible to you, it most likely has folic acid in it. Mm. And that it converts to straight poison for me. So it was at that point that I was just like, okay, I, I need to change something. Something needs to change. So I started transitioning myself to a healthier plant-based lifestyle. And I actually decided I was going to do paleo for two weeks because, you know, paleo cuts out all the processed foods. It cuts out the, the dairy. It cuts out um, a lot of those things that I shouldn't eat, but it still involves a lot of meat. Yeah. Um, so I tried it and within two weeks I lost 10 pounds. That has never happened to me before in my life. I was flabbergasted. I felt better. And I was just like, okay, there's definitely something to this, but I feel like I can go further. So the next week I cut out meat. I lost another five pounds. I was just like, oh, okay. And then I decided to go ahead and start transitioning myself to the vegan lifestyle and to the plant-based lifestyle. Um, and I like to say plant-based because I don't like to eat a lot of processed foods. I try and keep, if I don't understand the ingredients, I try to keep it out of my diet, which I still get cheats. I still love ice cream. I still, you know, like non-dairy right. ice cream, you know, but yeah. <laughs> I definitely, um, got to get that Ben and Jerry's in. Yeah. Right. <laughs> try and try and stay healthy and, um, Please interject by all means. I feel like I'm rambling a little bit. If you no, need no, to. no. The, hey, this is your podcast to share your story. So, right. um, so I transitioned myself to the plant based lifestyle, and it was in that that I lost almost 30 pounds. And wow. as people can see from my before and after, I got from the, my biggest point, which the one picture that has the elephant on the front is actually from me. Um, when I was in the midst of the fertility treatments, I was probably almost 200 pounds. Um, and then my smallest, which was back in February, where I was down to 155, which numbers are just numbers. And I've learned that numbers mean absolutely nothing. It's about how you feel, how yep. confident you are, and just overall how your body is responding to what you're putting into it. Um, 100%. In February, we went away for our 10-year anniversary. My husband and I have been married 10 years. And we went to Jamaica. And I decided that on that trip, I was going to let myself have things that I wouldn't normally eat. So I added back in some eggs and I added back in dairy. And I will say, worst decision of my life. Because before this, I had gone from bleeding every two weeks to having an actual normal cycle like I used to have when I was on the fertility treatments. So since going vegan, I had not only lost 30 pounds, but my cycles had completely reset themselves. And on top of that, for the first time in my life, I was actually ovulating on my own, which is what is required in order to get pregnant. Granted, wow. don't want to get pregnant now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A little too late. Of course, but, now when you, you want know, to, it's like... <laughs> but my body has never done that before. Um, I've never actually ovulated on my own 
when I'm supposed to in order to be able to get pregnant. And so switching to a vegan plant-based lifestyle changed all of that for me um, to where, I mean, I'm not going to test it, but if I wanted to, I probably could, <laughs> you know? <Yeah. laughs> um, so that being said, on this week in February, just this past February, so just a couple months ago, I ate eggs and dairy, added that back in, didn't do any meat, didn't, you know, still stayed mostly plant-based, um, but started bleeding on the plane ride home, had the heaviest period I had ever had in a really long time, and I had been bleeding for months since then. My cycles just completely went haywire. Um, I forgot to mention this before. I had found out I had hypothyroidism before doing fertility treatments. And before going plant-based, I was at a point, they just could not get my thyroid managed. I was having to go every four to six weeks to get my blood drawn, to update my medicines, to anytime I went to get a refill, the head pharmacist would have to come talk to me to make sure I wasn't like smuggling drugs because they kept changing wow. my doses every four weeks. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I had so many different scripts in there um, for different levels of thyroid. And after going to the plant-based diet, I went from six weeks to six months to a year where I wow. didn't have to have blood work done except for once every year. So my thyroid began to heal itself. Since February, my thyroid started going haywire again, and I actually had to up my dosage. Um, started a horrible downward spiral after February because I let things in that I shouldn't. And you just crave it. Like once you taste some of that stuff again and you give in, you just like... It's hard to get back on the wagon. And I struggled for um, a couple months. I think I was giving myself like one cheat meal a week where I would allow like some cheese if I wanted it or something stupid that I honestly don't even know why I let myself have it because it didn't really enjoy it. If that, I don't know if that makes sense. It was a very temporary thing because every time yeah, after yeah. I ate it, I would feel bad about eating it. Um, so in April, uh, after I still didn't have my cycles where they needed to be. I finally got my doctor to get me on the right dose of thyroid medication. I was like, you know what? I can't ignore my body anymore. It has been yelling and screaming at me that the plant-based lifestyle is how I need to eat. And this is what I need to do. So on April 5th of this past year, I officially went back to 100% plant-based and I've committed to do that from here on out. And the reason for that is not only for myself, but also for the compassion that comes with that lifestyle. And I think I had messaged mm. you about this before my motivation to keep me from giving into that piece of cake that's sitting there or giving into, you know, a piece of cheese or anything like that was I actually went and looked up pictures of baby cows with their moms and I put it on the yeah. background of my phone <laughs> to remind me that you know what that cheese that butter that anything dairy because that's where my real struggle was that I'm wanting anytime I want that it's actually being taken from that baby cow in order to give to me and my body's not even meant to process that let alone it's essentially poison to me I mean I don't have any other word yeah. for it it really is so um, since then, my thyroid has gotten back on track. My cycles, knock on wood, I finally did stop, stop bleeding like last week, which I have literally been bleeding since February up until recently, minus a couple weeks here or there. So hoping everything, you know, has been 
worked out and situated yeah. now that my body is kind of regulated and my thyroid's where it needs to be. So we'll see. Like, I just know I feel better. I feel healthier. And um, it's definitely the lifestyle for me. I don't know. That's amazing. Where else to go? First, with that. first of all, I think that's amazing that you put the picture of the of the baby cow on your phone. That's just <laughs> incredibly sweet. But it's just like it, it's such an easy reminder to do. And I think that's a tactic that a lot of people could use if you're trying to give up dairy. I want to ask you, you know, when you first switched to the to the plant based, you know, like how long were was your cycles normal during that time? Because you know, now obviously they were messed up for a few months and, you know, hopefully they're, they're back on track now. How long was the period before that when you first switched where everything was normal? Mm, I actually have it on my phone if that's weird. So I can. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So you're basically asking, um, before. Yeah. I, like, when you first cheated. made the transition okay. and you noticed that you weren't, you know, that everything was, that the, that the cycle was normal, everything was going well. How long was that period, you know, up until the point when you went to Jamaica and, you know, had you had your little relapse or whatever you want to call it and, and everything went haywire again. Oh, wow. It's looking like it was close to a year. It was like about, wow. I'd say there's one month in there. I'm looking at my, my cycles. I have them in my phone, you know, it's warning for my husband when he needs to be careful, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So honestly, since I went plant-based, it's looking like everything had pretty much gotten on track up until there was one month in September that was really, wonky but beyond that um i mean almost an entire year and that's crazy and this this one trip to jamaica just threw everything off for months it did wow (laughs) yep that's crazy i mean that's uh, the whole story i mean i i have actually heard and i know somebody as well um one of my good friends um his wife you know she was struggling with uh, endometriosis and and she went vegan and like got pregnant after that and it was just like they had been struggling for so long and i've just heard a lot of stories around you know fertility issues being resolved from going plant-based and i just think that that's incredible and i'll be honest it's not something that i know a lot about um you know but but i definitely am curious to to do more research into it because i I firmly believe the power of plants is just incredible you know that when we give our body the right things it can definitely heal itself um, I want to take it back real fast to earlier in your story when you were doing the paleo diet and, you know, you're thinking, OK, I want to take this to the next level. What was so you were feeling good when you did the paleo and you dropped that 10 pounds quick. So why did you want to switch and then and then drop the meat if you had already dropped those 10 pounds and you were feeling good? What was that? Uh, what was going on in your head that you wanted to take that next step? This is going to get a little creepy, weird. Um, I've been being convicted like that I needed to become a vegetarian and go plant-based for years. And when I say that, um, it kind of goes into a scripture, which if that's weird and you need to edit this out, that's okay. (laughs) No, Hey, listen, do it up. It's um, it's all fair game. Uh, it goes to the story of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego where they came into a King's palace and he was feeding them. And they said, give us just fruits and vegetables and you will see that we will be stronger than any of your soldiers that you feed meat. And for some reason, for years, this scripture just kept coming to my mind, almost like something was trying to tell me, this is not meant for you. Don't eat that. Like, do something else. And also, I think a big part of that, too, is my personal infertility issues 
is caused by high estrogen. Estrogen is the leading cause in breast cancer, ovarian cancer, and cervical cancer. But on top of that, it also is what causes endometriosis. It causes cervical cysts. It causes all these things. So it's almost like God was trying to tell me like for your own health and to be there for your kids and to be there for your future, don't eat this. Like, and I had no idea I had this genetic mutation. You know what I mean? It was just something that always came into my mind. And when I told my husband that I was going to be going full plant-based and full vegan, he had told me, he's like, you know what? He's like, I remember years ago, you telling me for some reason you felt like you were supposed to start eating vegan and you didn't know why. And I mean, just the fact that he even remembers that years ago. Um, So that's really the main reason. Now for paleo, for some reason, I started eating it like in those two weeks that I lost the 10 pounds and it paleo has a lot of meat in it. The first week I ate a lot of meat. The second week I felt bad about how much meat I was eating. I don't even know why I just did. So I started cutting out the meat. And that's when I think like the most of the 10 pounds had dropped as well. So definitely worked for me. Divine intervention. (laughs) Pretty, pretty much. That's how I feel. (laughs) Yes. I mean, (laughs) I know a bunch of your listeners are going to be a little creeped out and a little like rolling their eyes. I don't care. It's (laughs) no, no, I love it. I I think there's, I'm, I'm very much into those kind of things. I think there's a lot of like, um, like not paranormal, but just very, um, things that happen where you're just like, Whoa, like, did that really just happen that way? Like, is this actually happening? And so, so I'm 100% about that. And there's just sometimes the, the coincidence is just, it's too strong to be a coincidence. It's, you know, so whether it was divine intervention or not, it's either way, it's still a cool story. And, you know, it's led you down this path to, you know, ultimately getting your health on track. So regardless of how it happened, you know, I'm sure you're very grateful to be in the place you are now. Yeah. And I don't have the same fear that I had before, like knowing that if I continued the way I was with my estrogen continuing to rise and all this stuff, I most likely was going to get some some form of cancer because that was the leading cause and what I had. And actually, it's funny, one of the medications they gave me in order to get pregnant was actually a breast cancer medication. And so wow. that right there was kind of a trigger warning for, oh my gosh, I'm already having to take this and this is meant for breast cancer, you know? And yeah that was a big wake up call for me. I feel like in the midst of all of that. So, so, you know, beyond your health, um, you know, what's the motivation to keep going to keep living this lifestyle at this point? It's how much better I feel. And just, um, I also never got into it for animal rights or for anything, but slowly I feel myself having more compassion and just wanting to make a difference for our world because our world is dying. I mean, it really is. Like if you look at the pollution and the medical waste and just, I mean, everything in general, even when it comes to the food industry, it's, it's sad. It really is. It's sad. And I feel like I can be a part of that. I, even if it's just me, I'm at least making the right decision for myself, but not just for myself, but for the planet too, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. So really, I just and and you have a young one as well that, you know, you need to see hopefully have a happy and thriving life. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and without our earth, you know, that's going to be pretty hard. So, mm-hmm. you know, I say that almost jokingly, but it's, you know, I'm I'm curious to see what happens. And, and 
and, and part of me is very scared, you know, you know, for this next generation, um, you know, we hope that, that it's not as bad as, as what they're actually saying, but it's, it's very commendable that, that you have that in the back of your mind as well, because, you know, a lot of people, you know, me included got into the vegan lifestyle or the plant-based lifestyle for selfish reasons, for your health, which is totally fine. But, you know, it's amazing to me how it always transcends into these things that are, that are bigger than ourselves and that help the world and that help animals. And, and that's just, that's so commendable that, that you've also opened up your mind to that aspect and realm of this. Oh yeah. And I think too, we actually, my husband and I, we adopted a, a 16 year old teenager and it's so funny because she's very much a meat eater, very much like dairy and processed foods and everything. And now living with us and seeing my lifestyle, she'll check ingredients before she hands me anything to make sure I can eat it. Or she'll ask, well, where does that food come from? And it's things that like, even as a 16 year old, it, it doesn't go, it doesn't connect the dots. You know what I mean? You don't look at that cheese and think, oh, that came from a cow or right well how did they get the milk from the cow you know it didn't come from the baby you know and it's just it's fun and it's awesome to see my lifestyle also positively affecting not only her life my son's life but also my husband's life as well because i'm not gonna be like hey guess what guys i'm vegan so you get to be vegan now too (laughs) you know (laughs) that's not how it works it has to be a personal choice because that's the only way it's gonna work but um i definitely am seeing some positive changes household wise, I guess you could say as well. That's amazing. So what does a typical workout look like for you? We'll get into some of the logistics here of, um, of the transformation. Yeah. Well, I definitely have started a lot of weight training. Um, like whether that be through classes like a body pump or a meet me at the bar class along with, um, kickbox classes, uh, typical, workout. If I'm not doing a class, I go in, I do 20 to 30 minutes of weights and that can be on machines. I don't do a ton of free weights and then I'll do 20 to 30 minutes of cardio. And then, um, twice a week I try and do at least 45 minutes of cardio. I'm actually trying to get myself back up to do the great race. Um, which is in September here in Pittsburgh. I did it last year and had, just at 11 minute mile. And I want to try and get a little bit better than that. But man, am I out of shape when it comes to running <laughs> long distances? I am struggling in this heat. It is driving me nuts. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is hot. Is, that's a 10K race. <laughs> yes. The great race. It is. Yeah. So 6.2 miles. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Uh huh. So I'm trying to get myself back up to there. So I'm doing a little bit more than I would. But typically I work out five to six days a week. And if I miss it, I don't feel guilty. Like if I don't go, it's fine because I know it's a lifestyle change. I'll be, but I'll be there mm. the next day. You know, I'm not going to wow. feel guilty if I take a day off. Um, that's so important. It is. It, it, it's, it's truly a lifestyle. Once, once, once you adopt the life, the lifestyle mindset. Yeah. The days that you miss, they don't become as big of a deal because you're not, you know, you're not aiming for these short term, quick results. You know that you're going to be doing this the rest of your life and, and life happens. Correct. And there's going to be times where, you know, you, you mess up or you miss a day or you don't eat a meal that's, you know, 100% clean. And, you know, if you're shooting for a goal in 30 days, and you want to lose this, all this weight and something. Yeah. Okay. That, then that becomes a big deal. But when you think of it, like this is the rest of my life and you realize it's a marathon and not a sprint, you know, you allow room for those little mishaps to happen. So, yeah, that's a great way to put it. 
So what does uh, typical food look like for you? Um, you know, I asked you on the questions, typical breakfast, lunch, dinner. Uh, you don't have to do specifically those, but just list some of the typical things that you eat. Okay. Um, definitely love my rice cakes with all natural peanut butter on top. Um, fantastic. Uh, dinner, believe it or not, I get asked a lot, well, you don't eat meat. So what do you eat? Or you don't eat cheese? What do you eat? Like everything. So as an example, enchiladas, I'll make enchiladas, whole wheat tortilla, I'll fill it with rice, mushrooms, beans, sometimes corn and spinach, and I'll wrap it up with some fresh enchilada sauce, put it in the oven, it's ready to go. Just, you know, and it's fantastic. It's amazing. Um, yeah, it sounds really good. Yeah, I really, my guilty pleasure is actually those Beyond Burgers that are yeah. just so good, but I know there's so much oil in there. But if you cook it in your air fryer, it takes a lot of that out. <laughs> oh, wow. There you go. I got so, I keep hearing about air fryers. I need to get one. Oh, they're fantastic. So good. Yeah, I've heard good things. Um, I'm trying to think. What else do I eat? Um, I do do a lot of like snack, quick snack things, obviously fruit. But I like to go for a handful of um, peanuts or almonds and mm. uh, pistachios if my budget can afford it because we all know how that is. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. Oatmeal, like oatmeal. Yeah, I mean, it's really one of those, I eat when I'm hungry. I don't have a set breakfast at this time, lunch at this time. I have definitely, I always have like a rice cake with peanut butter or something like that before I go to the gym, um, just so that I have something in my stomach. But beyond that, it's kind of just whatever I feel like making myself. Sounds good. Sounds like the life there. Just whenever you want to eat, whatever you want to eat. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> pretty much within a certain <laughs> realm oh of course yeah. yes yes <laughs> we're not we're not saying ice cream for breakfast well although you can you can make an ice cream for have you had an ice cream you ever i have like not. Fro frozen bananas uh oh no so if you have a blender you gotta get you gotta freeze peel your bananas and freeze them and then that's your base like a banana and a half and then just any other frozen fruit i'll do like cherries or raspberries um you can do you could throw some peanut butter in there with some like cacao powder and some dates, um, make like a chocolate and it becomes Ooh, a very, good. yeah. Like you could, like I've made like, like frosties, like vegan frosties, the healthy too. Um, yeah, you can, and then just throw some like unsweetened almond milk in there and just blend it up and it becomes just very, just like this creamy, like icy ice cream consistency. You I think you, I'm you having that for that. breakfast tomorrow. Is that yeah, there you go. With how hot it's been lately? I'll take it. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Yeah. So talk about real fast. You have a book out. Yes. And and it kind of goes over is your plant-based journey included in that or is that just your your fertility journey? It's pretty much our fertility into adoption journey. There's nothing about um my plant-based or health focus or anything like that. Uh who knows maybe that'll be my next book. Um There you go. <laughs> just real quick, it just goes from uh, my husband and I met actually overseas. We were both uh, over there doing volunteer work. And it goes from our time through dating, through marriage, into what it took for us to conceive our son. Because a lot of people say, don't talk about your infertility. Don't talk about your bodily functions. It's just off the table. But um, I feel like that's wrong. I feel like knowledge is power. So why not share it? And then how our losses took us to where we actually felt called to adopt older children, which is how we ended up with our wonderful, amazing daughter. And uh, just that whole journey, that whole process. And that's pretty much it. I mean, I didn't put anything in there 
but I have been looking for a project. So you gave me a great idea there. <laughs> there you go. Nice. Yeah. I'd love to see that come to fruition now. Yeah. Where can people get that book at? Actually, it's found on Amazon and I it's available in Kindle edition and paperback and the audiobook should be available next week actually. So Nice. And and what's the name of the book? A Journey to Motherhood. Perfect. Um, last thing, if you want to plug in some social media, if anyone wants to follow you on your journey. Sure. Um, I try and post, I'm not super, super active, but my Instagram is actually my lifestyle change 15. Perfect. Devin, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your story with the audience. Um, definitely a, a crazy journey that you've been on and, and glad to see, you know, your life and, in a happy and healthy light now. So just continue on doing that. And hopefully this will go on to inspire some other people as well. And if you guys want to see Devin's before and after pictures, go to www.theveganmanlyman.com slash vegan transformations. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Hey, we'll talk soon. Sounds good. Athena, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Thank you for doing the Vegan Transformations segment. I'm excited to uh, hear your story and also share with the listeners. Hi. How's it going today? Um, good. I'm just nervous, but I'm excited. Good, good. No, nah, everybody who comes on the show for the first time, they're like, I'm so nervous, but <laughs> it ends up always being okay. So, you know, it's just like anything you do for the first time, of course, you're going to be nervous. But as mm -hmm. we as you start sharing your story, I'm sure you'll you'll get into it and, and you'll be just fine. So um, let's let's get right into it here. Um, you know, I like to skip the small talk. I'm, I'm sure since you listen to the show, you know that but um, yeah. I want to start with asking you about your life before you went vegan. Um, and then just start with that. And then you can go right into your story. All right, perfect. So I became vegetarian when I was like 14. That's an estimate. I don't know exactly, but around that time, my mom was, she was turning into a flexitarian. So I started to get interesting, like interested in um, a, like about vegetarianism and about the animals. And I watched a video about factory farming. And after that, I was like, okay, I'm done. Like I cannot contribute to that. Um, I was 14, so, you know, like, that's high school. A lot of people Yeah, that's young. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of people don't really get it at that age, I feel like. Um, so I did get a little teasing here and there. But um, after I saw, like, how they're treated, it's just like, uh, yeah, I just couldn't do it anymore. So... Where did um, you find that video at, by the way? Did you just, like, stumble across it yourself, or was it presented to you somewhere? I think I just Googled it, like... Because my mom was interested in it. So then I just Googled factory farming and yeah. there's like a ton of videos. It's pretty easy to find nowadays, especially nowadays. I feel like it. Um, vegetarianism was pretty big when I was 14, but um, veganism definitely wasn't something I really knew about. And I never yeah. really stumbled across videos about like the dairy industry. And, you know, I feel like everyone's like so hooked on cheese and dairy products because they're in everything so I didn't even think to look into it I was actually like always like no like when people would ask if I was vegetarian I would always be like no like that's super extreme I would never give up cheese like veganism is way too much for me um and then yeah when they asked <laughs> if you were vegan 
Yeah, they would ask so me. So you were both, vegetarian yeah. already, and then when they asked if you would be vegan, you said, "No, nah, it's too yeah. extreme." Yeah, I was like, "No, I would never do that." <laughs> um, and then I even I did like this. Um, I talked to someone from PETA for my class because we had to do like a. It was from sociology, so we did like a. Um, just like a talk to the class about any topic of our choice. So I chose animal rights. And even she was like, she told me about the dairy industry a little bit, but she didn't really go into it. And I kind of like stayed ignorant to it because I guess I didn't really want to know because I knew probably deep down, like most people, like you just don't want to know because then, you know, you'll have to change. And at that point, I was like not in the mindset where I wanted to change. Um. So it took a few years for me to finally realize, like, everything about the dairy industry and how wrong it is, and the egg industry, I suppose. So I was still eating eggs and dairy products. Yeah, but you had this good base um, already, though, since you were 14. Being vegetarian, that's a good start already, so. Yeah, and I was pretty active. Like, I did cross-country. I walked a lot. I always had my Fitbit, so I was, like, super dedicated to, like, having my 10,000 steps and... I always went to the gym and I had really good grades. So it was pretty like a normal life. Just I was just vegetarian. So and then So uh okay, so talk about your obviously I know your story because <laughs> yeah. I read it in the notes, but um mm-hmm. for people who are listening they don't know. So let's talk about the the next big thing obviously that that really changed your life here. So, you know, pretty pretty normal life growing up. Um yeah. went vegetarian. And you were still kind of ignorant to, you know, the stuff going vegan. Um, so what mm-hmm. happens What happens next here? Something really big happens in your life next. Yeah, so I graduated in 2016. I was 18 years old. And two months later, I was going for a jog because I was pretty active, like I said. And I randomly covered one of my eyes and, like, looked at a stop sign. And I was like, oh, like, that eye's a little bit blurry. That's kind of weird. And... I don't know. I was kind of in a phase where I just wanted to be like something new. So I kind of wanted reading glasses, which didn't make any sense. But, you know, I was I was still a kid. Well, I still am. But. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I kind of just like went to my mom and I was like, hey, I think I should go see the um, doctor, like the uh, opti- ophthalmologist and get my eyes checked out. So we kind of put it off because it wasn't like any big deal. Like I just had a slight blur. Like it was not noticeable at all if I was looking at both of my eyes. So um, eventually, a few weeks later, I went to my appointment and the ophthalmologist um, noticed that my active nerve was swelled up. And she pretty much just said I had to go like immediately to the emergency room. And she wasn't, she didn't really scare me because I didn't really know like why. And she didn't really tell me why. She said it could be serious, but she has no idea. So she just knew, I think she just didn't want to scare me. So she just told me, like, I should go to the ER right away. So I went there. Yeah. I mean, that sounds pretty scary, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would yeah, have been I was, scared. I was if I go to the doctor, really you're like, hey, you need to go to the ER right away. Like, I yeah. would be so scared. I was scared, but I didn't know, like, why I was scared. So it wasn't as scary because I had no idea what was coming. So she was right. pretty much like, you need to go to the ER. Like, I'm going to call them and let them know that you're coming. So I knew it was serious, but I didn't know why. So it was like, okay, I'm not going to freak out until I have a reason to. Um, sure. So uh, I called my mom right away and I was like, hey, we need to go to the ER. And of course she was freaking out. Um, So we went there right away and I had, I'm pretty sure it was a CAT scan first and then an MRI. And basically the doctor was 
like, hey, you have a brain tumor and it's blocking your um, my spinal fluid, which is why my active nerve was swelling. Because like it's like hydrocephalus where you have like something it could be a brain tumor or it could be like your tubes are too small and they like don't let allow the spinal fluid to flow. But mine was a brain tumor. Lucky me. Um, <laughs> wow. Like how, but, how did you feel like when you heard those words brain tumor? Because that's just I mean, to me. I know there's different kinds and and levels of severity, Mm -hmm. but to me, if I would hear the word brain tumor, I mean, my mind just instantly goes to like the worst case scenario. Like, how did you feel in that moment? I was terrified. Like I was 18 years old. I just graduated. It was supposed to be like, and we were just, um, we were planning to move to Germany soon um, because my mom's in the military. So we were going to um, be leaving soon. And yeah, I was freaked out. <laughs> I was like, wow, like, I don't even know how I felt. I, my immediate thought was like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. But um, he was really reassuring because he said, like, it's a very um, easy surgery, I guess. And it was something it was like a routine surgery. That's the word. And they do it pretty often. Like he wasn't going to remove it because that was a little too risky considering it was so small they had like they didn't think it was going to grow they didn't think there was going to be any problems it was just a small tumor blocking my flow so basically they just um set me up for surgery and I had like all my family come I had all my friends come I was like not as nervous as I like I felt I was around people so I wasn't really lonely or anything I had everyone there to support me and I was distracted and the surgery was so fast. Like, it all happened so quickly. Like, I went to the ER, I stayed like a night, and then I had surgery the next day. And I wasn't scared because, like, all the doctors were so reassuring. Like, I was scared, but I wasn't like, like, I knew. Right. I believed everything was going to be okay because everyone else was like, it's going to be okay. So right. um, I had the surgery, and I was like out of the hospital within 24 hours. I, um, like I literally, it was like easy, easy peasy type of surgery, which is crazy. Cause you're going, they're going into your brain, but right, I, was, right, right. I like, I, I could walk, I could do everything normally. I could see, I could like, everything was normal after the surgery. The only thing was like, I was super tired and I was on medication of course. And I wasn't even in a lot of pain or anything, which is crazy to me. Wow. It was mostly just tired. And I, they said like that I could go back to everything normally in six weeks. Like I couldn't work out, which was devastating for me because I was so active. But after six weeks, I just got back into it and I was okay. And then the hardest, like, honestly, the surgery was super scary. But like the number one thing that hurt the most was that they told me I couldn't go to Germany anymore. And that was like my dream. Like I was so excited for it. Wow. And they pretty much were like, why, why not? Because of the medical care, um, like they, since they're paying for it, like they don't, they didn't want anything to be wrong with me here because it's just not the same as in America. I mean, they're still very good, but the medical care here is in America is like, you know, like the top of the top. Um, Like we sent in an appeal though, and we were like, we really want to go. The doctor sent in an appeal with us and he was saying like, you're okay. Like he didn't think anything would happen. He didn't think it would grow. He thought everything was okay. And then 
Yeah, we moved to Germany. So like it, it got it went through and we were able to leave. So that was like the big like that was just like the big happiness in my life. Like I was so excited to go. They told me I couldn't because of the brain tumor, which already ruined my life pretty much because I was like, I get a brain tumor and then I get the other worst news ever that I can't leave where I want to go. Right. And then I got the appeal. So that was amazing. So you and get to Germany, then what? Yeah, I get to Germany, and, you know, everyone thought everything was going to be okay. Of course, before I came, I had to have follow-up MRIs, but, like, everything was clear. There was no difference. I got to Germany. I had another MRI, and it was clear. And then three months later, um, I it was December, and my surgery was in August. So three months later, like, after I got to Germany, I had an, another follow-up MRI with my new neurosurgeon, and... Yeah, shout out to Dr. Erdl and Dr. Vitez, by the way. Um, but yeah, he pretty much told me like that my tumor had grown eight times in size and it needed to be removed like right away. And this surgery was a lot more risky because it needed to be removed and the area it was in is like super not easy. It was between the third and fourth ventricle, which is they pretty much had to go into the back of my head. But um Oh wow. Yeah, it was a lot more risky and like I could see the sadness in their eyes for this surgery. And so this one was a lot harder because I knew like it wasn't the same as like a routine surgery. He said he wanted to do it himself. Um, He said he was leaving for vacation for two weeks. So basically for two weeks, they told me everything that could possibly happen. Like I could go blind. I could um, lose uh, like be paralyzed I could they didn't say I could die but I knew that was like definitely up there so for two weeks yeah. I was waiting for my surgery thinking like oh my god I'm wow. gonna die in two weeks like this is the scariest thing that's ever happened to me um yeah I mean I was, of course they also said like did they give you like a percentage of like oh what's the percentage rate of this like being successful and everything everything's normal Did they like Um, also like give that to you or? No, there wasn't a percentage, but he was pretty confident in himself. Um, It it was just scary. The fact that like he didn't want anyone else to do it. Like he wanted to do it because he's like the top of the top there. And he did. He was very confident in himself. But at the same time, I like I knew the risks. They had to go over those with me. Like I know the biggest risk was to have double vision which um, was also a scary thought. Like, I know when it, like, that was one of the top risks. And I know it doesn't sound that big, but, like, it was already so much going on. The thought of, like, seeing double or dying was <laughs> not. What is that, by the way? Is that, like, kind of, like, when you, like, cross your eyes and, like, your, your uh, eyes you, aren't quite lining up? or You literally see double. So it depends on, everyone's double vision can be a little different, but, like, um you like I could be looking at you and I could see your face and then your face again right on top of your head so (laughs) yeah it's pretty weird like you literally see double and there are glasses for it but it's not like um then you can't always get glasses for it but I'll go into that a little more too because I did end up having some double vision after my surgery but um so basically I waited two weeks in fear Um, I was just scared I was going to die and I was in Germany. So I had no friends and no family here other than 
my mom came well my mom was with me of course and then my brother came out to fly but it was a lot different because I was in a German hospital which are not nice hospitals like the people are amazing but oh my goodness I it was not a good experience like a lot of people spoke really English but not like very not everyone was very good at it so like for example I <laughs> I went to an MRI once and the guy was like um so we're gonna give you this contrast and all of your organs could harden and basically like I was like oh let's do it like okay basically they have to like they don't know how to word it in a way that like doesn't sound super scary like all of your organs can harden and you could die it's like silence release so that you can do that and I'm like okay well let's do it because I don't really have a choice and it's like right. they, they say like oh it's very unlikely of course but like just the way they word things sometimes it, it it can be a little scary and oh my gosh the food was terrible I told them I was vegetarian and every morning they gave me two buns and a slice of like ham or something and for lunch there would always be something different lunch would always be like at least kind of nice, like a salad or macaroni because I was vegetarian. And yeah. dinner would always be a piece of bread and tea. And in the States, like I was so pampered because you can get like whatever you want to eat. And yeah. you can like order I mean, I feel like want. all hospital food is pretty trash anyway, but uh, in at America, least, you know, you're in a... so nice. I'm not lying. You it's think? <laughs> every hospital that I've ever been to has just like the most, I don't know, processed nasty yeah. food that, like like cafeteria food i mean i guess there are some yeah. that have nice ones it but. depends yeah i suppose it depends on the hospital and i guess i'm probably talking up a little more because of germany's food was just so terrible literally bread and bread and bread yeah <laughs> but um and that was a big part of my experience because you know i like i don't know you find comfort in food sometimes so sure. when i like i was like having nothing good to eat i was in a hospital room um, but yeah, eventually I had my surgery and it was successful. I did have double vision afterwards, so I could, I literally saw double, like I, I said, like mine was like above. So if I was looking at you, I would see your head above you. Or if I'm looking at the road, I would see two roads. And so basically I had to wear an eye patch because if you're seeing with one eye, you can see normally, but, yeah. um, I was like, and this surgery was like a lot worse. It took a lot longer for me to actually like wake up um, I, for like a whole day or something. I was completely out of it. Like I couldn't look at anything. I was super exhausted. I couldn't walk by myself. I had to have someone help me take a shower, which of course that doesn't sound terrible, but like it's already humiliating enough just having the surgery and then having to not be able to walk or see like so that sucked um but so yeah it was tough and I lived so that's the good thing um (laughs) that's that was the best I had double vision yeah that's probably the best thing (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was the best thing I had double vision which I was really upset about because it just made life harder and I already felt like I was really um insecure because now I lost I lost a lot of hair because they had to shave a lot of it off off the back of my head so I lost a lot of hair I had to wear an eye patch I gained a lot of weight um 
just because, you know, I wasn't able to move a lot. Eventually, my double vision went away, but after my recovery was so much worse, I was pretty much um, like bed stricken for like two to three months. I was just not able to walk, wow. like literally walking across the table. Like, I mean, walking around the table was like an accomplishment for me. So I gained a lot of weight because I was also on steroids and I was 120 pounds before I went into surgery. And by like the end of my recovery, I was 145 pounds, which really doesn't sound like a lot because I know it's pretty normal. And I'm 5'5", but I like everyone carries weight differently and I carry all my weight in my stomach and in my face. So I'm sure if you saw the pictures, like it's a big difference. So you can um, tell, yeah. Yeah, yeah like if you guys want to check out those pictures as well, just go to my uh, my website, www.theveganmanlyman.com slash vegan transformations if you want to see Athena's before and after pictures. Yeah, they're, they're pretty nice <laughs> to see the difference. Um, so I was really insecure for a long time. You know, I gained so much weight. with Like I said, 145 pounds is not a lot for some people. But if you carry it that way and when it's all fat, um, it's – pretty distressing. Um, most of it was because of steroids. I ate so much. Like I would wake up, have like three bowls of cereal, have cheesecake. I had a lot of junk food because like I was going through a tough time and that's just yeah. what got me through it. Just, I couldn't really do anything Comfort else except food. for watch TV and eat. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I shouldn't have gone about it that way, but at the time I really didn't care. I was alive and that was all that mattered. Right. <laughs> but right, yeah, yeah. I, I gained a lot of weight, um, like I said. And then um for like two years I was pretty much just like hating myself and I hated the way I looked. I let it carry on for so long. Um, and I was throwing myself a pity party all the time, like, you know, it's okay. You went through a lot, like it's not like you just gained so much weight. But by being lazy, I mean, you went through a lot. But at the same time, I freaking hated myself. Like, I hated the way I looked. I was super depressed. So it's really hard to get out of that. Like, just, it's hard to change. Like, it's hard to really get motivated to, like, want to change. But um, eventually, um, by February 2018, this all happened in 2016, I was like, I need to do something about this. So... I started looking into veganism more so for selfish reasons because I wanted to lose weight, which yeah. I know a lot of people do that, and I don't think it's the worst thing because um, it was it got me started. So um, right. I, yeah. I looked I into veganism, and I started out pretty flexible. Like I was like, you know, uh, you can eat vegan every day, and but if someone like offers you something that's just vegetarian or something like cheese pizza, then then it's okay. Like. Um, just starting off slowly, which I think is also a good idea because going overnight can definitely be hard. I appreciate people that can because that's awesome, but that was not the choice for me. So um, I still eat dairy for a little while, but after like a few weeks, I joined the, like the Challenge 22 group and they offer so many like good tips and there's like a lot of support. So with them, I started looking more into the dairy industry and the egg industry. And I was like, wow, like <laughs> this is just as bad as the meat industry. It's well, it is the meat industry, you know, the dairy yeah. industry is literally 
I would say. I'd say it's worse. Yeah, it's kind of worse. So at that point, um, I watched the video Dairies is Scary, which she literally says that it's pretty much worse. And after that, like it's like a five-minute video. So if y'all want to watch it, YouTube Dairy is Scary because that is an eye-opener. After that, I was like, okay, like I'm vegan. There's no way I can contribute to this. Like I'm pretty much being a hypocrite by eating it and pretending like it's not happening when my whole life, well, since I've been 14, I've been super like abnovent. So I don't know the word. Abdivent, whatever. Adamant. <laughs> yeah, adamant. There you go. Adamant about animal cruelty. So uh, it just broke my heart like to see that and to realize that I was still contributing to the meat industry without even realizing it. And I was really happy that I finally was able to do it. At first, I was really nervous because, you know, a lot of people make fun of vegans and I didn't know any vegans. So it was really nerve wracking. But um, it was kind of an eye opener too because of my surgery. I kind of like reflected on how their lives are. I know it's not the same because I wasn't like tortured all my life and then slaughtered. But I was so afraid of dying. Like, that's like the worst fear you can ever have to really think that you're going to die. And it's not like a quick thing. Like, I don't know, like I ran into the road with my bicycle and almost got hit. Like I was living day by day thinking like I might die tomorrow or I might die in a few weeks. Like, I was so scared. There's nothing more scary that could ever happen. Um, oh, and by the way, I guess I didn't mention that my tumor was benign, which was very thankful for, of course, um, which means non-cancerous if you don't know. Um, so I didn't have to like do chemo or anything, which I'm so grateful for. But even though it wasn't cancerous, it was the surgery itself was just so scary and anything could have happened. So yeah yeah um, sure. uh, but yeah I just started relate like I relate like when I saw that video about the dairy industry I kind of just related it to myself and like how scared I was to die and to think like these animals like they have to know they're in some type of trouble like literally living like chickens living in cages pigs living in small crates like they know I think they know that they're gonna die or they can sense that they are in danger and they have to yeah. live with that for so long before they're finally slaughtered and to put that into perspective like of how scared I was and to think that like I could be putting that on another living animal I just could not do that anymore because that's literally the worst fear anything living could have is literally (laughs) just the fear of dying I'm pretty sure every living creature on this earth has a fear of death yeah wow that's a that's a very like valuable um you know, experience to have that you went through to be able to make that connection. Cause most people mm-hmm. aren't able to make that connection because they haven't experienced anything that's even remotely similar. Mm-hmm. So for you to be able to experience that and to have that compassion, you know, and understand that, yeah, they probably feel similar. That's, that's really powerful. And I'm sure that'll, you know, continue to carry with you for the rest of your life. So. Yeah. Death is scary <laughs> and no creature deserves to have their life taken that is so you go vegan then yeah and um and and then talk about what happens with your life um after you make this transition 
Okay, so let me tell you, my only regret of going vegan is not going vegan sooner. And I promise you, almost all vegans will say the same thing. <laughs> my life has changed so much. Um, I lost like 18 pounds. So I was 120 before my surgery and now I'm like 127, which I feel comfortable at. Like I don't feel like I need to lose more weight. So um, I'm definitely always trying to progress on myself and build muscle and all. But um, like I'm at a, I it, I appreciate my body now. Like I'm not living miserably and hating the way I look. Like I like the way I look. So um, I did lose weight after going vegan. I started working out more and I started following a lot of like vegan fitness influencers on Instagram for like tips and inspiration. I started listening to podcasts. Um, I got so into it. Like I have like five books about veganism and um, like the whole food plant-based diet in general. And so, yeah, I started working out about five times a week and I feel just like so much happier and energized and like at peace. I don't like, it's a, it's kind of like, I don't know, I guess like people that go to church, you know, they have like that sense of community where they just feel good to, be a part of something and that's how I feel now like I was really lonely for a while and to like have the vegan community now like I've made so many internet friends and it feels yeah. so good like to have like people that you relate to and it's like I don't know I just feel like I'm a part of something and it feels really good so there's that and you had a vegan <laughs> personal trainer too right yeah Nelson. I did yes Shout out Ryan. He was actually on the show. Um, Oh, awesome. I forget what episode it is, but a couple months ago he came on. So, yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah, he's awesome. He was so helpful. He, yeah, he's the reason, like, I really got down to it because losing weight is hard. So it was really nice to have someone there to help me. He helped me with, like, the meal plan and workout plans. Um, And I, like, I stopped running as much and I did more, like, weightlifting, which I think helps a lot. And having like a more like the body that I want, which is more muscular, not like super muscular, but more muscular and just strong. Like I want to be strong. That's my goal. So it was really nice to have his help. Um, But yeah. How do you feel mentally as well? um, Mentally, I feel, yeah, like I said, I feel like at peace. I feel um, a lot better. Like I'm not, I'm not living depressed anymore like I was so depressed for so long and I finally feel happy like like I said being a part of something just it gives you something to like look forward to every day like I'm always learning new Mm -hmm. facts I'm always like looking at people's um new posts to see like what's new in the vegan world like I have something to look forward to like I find I go to the grocery store and that's exciting now because I find vegan treats like it's just so exciting to like there's always something to look forward to so mentally I feel a lot happier and um physically I feel a lot stronger and more confident and yeah you're living for something bigger than yourself yeah exactly yeah yeah I'm standing up for something that I know is right and it feels amazing (laughs) That's amazing. Well, that's that's certainly a very incredible story, Athena. I couldn't imagine going through what you did, you know, the brain tumor and everything. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, you've certainly 
um, come out on the other end in a positive yeah. light and have made this shift to veganism and have changed your mindset and changed your your body. Um, and, and I think that's amazing. So um, thank you for coming on to share your story. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This is fun. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And, and are you on social media anywhere that people can follow you if they want to keep up to date with your journey, anything like that? Yes. So... I actually have three Instagram accounts. One is for like my main account because I do a lot of traveling. Um, that's just my name, Athena Na. So literally Athena with N-A and then underscore. And I have a food account that I just changed the name of. But um, let me see what I changed. I changed my food account to No Shame in My Vegan Game. <laughs> and, that's awesome <laughs> yeah i have a lot of good photos on there of food so i definitely recommend that one because i post a lot of food especially if you're a traveler yes and happy cow if you have happy cow that's yeah. perfect for traveling and then i have my fitness account which is just athenafit.vegan and that is all my accounts <laughs> for instagram perfect. all right well, if you want to keep up with Athena, um, see some amazing food pictures, definitely give those accounts a follow. Um, thank you again for coming on. I hope that somebody is inspired by your story and takes action in their life in a positive way, whether it's for veganism, whether it's for their health, whether it's for their mental attitude, whatever it is. Um, don't forget, you can check out Athena's story um, in more detail and see her before and after pictures at www.theveganmanlyman.com slash vegan transformations. Athena, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you so much. Guys, you did it. This is the end of this week's episode. So if you're still listening, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for still being here. It means the world to me. Please don't forget to leave me a rating and review on iTunes. And most importantly, share with a family member or a friend, somebody you think would also find value in this content. If you want to stay up to date with me and what I'm doing, plus have a chance to win some awesome prizes and giveaways, head to my website, www.theveganmanlyman.com and sign up for my newsletter. My name is Jake Singer, and this is the Vegan Manly Man Podcast.